Welcome back to Composer Quest. I'm your host here in Minneapolis, Charlie McCarran. And this podcast is my way of sharing composing and songwriting advice from all sorts of creative music makers. This is episode 72, and you can find all the other episodes at ComposerQuest.com. Just a reminder, our Composing Quest number 7 is going on right now, which is to write a song for your Valentine to perform. For more inspiration for this challenge, go to ComposerQuest.com slash Quest 7. As always, feel free to get in touch with me. You can email me, charlie at ComposerQuest.com, or find ComposerQuest on Twitter or Facebook. Maybe my eyes don't lie. Is that why you look at me like it's my confession? Today's interview is with Laura Marie a songwriter in San Antonio, Texas. She wrote a song every week in 2012, and she's in the middle of another Song a Week project here in 2014. So I talk with Laura about what she's learned from doing that consistent writing, and we talk about how being honest as a songwriter, although it can be very hard, is a key to writing great songs. So let's get right to my interview with Laura Marie. I'll get over Laura, thanks so much for coming on Composer Quest. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I met you through Twitter. Yes. Uh, seems like you're very active on there. <laughs> you're probably a little too active sometimes, but... It's cool. I There's a part of me that's like, well, Twitter is so silly, but there's a part that it's actually really cool that you can meet people randomly and it's not too awkward, so... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sort of an introvert, but I'm also social and working from home. I feel sometimes pretty isolated. So being on Twitter is like being in, you know, like an office or something where you have people you can chat with throughout the day, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's what I like about it. It's a little addicting, though. So what is your day job from home? Um, Really writing music. I'm I'm a stay at home mom. But my kids are in school now, (laughs) so um, I spend my time writing and really just running the business of being a performing singer-songwriter, booking and advertising and composing and that sort of thing. That's basically what I do. (laughs) Cool. Well, it sounds like you've been keeping yourself busy with your Song a Week project. Yeah, I did that back in 2012, and it was... A pretty amazing experience. I just decided after seeing something from NPR, and I want to say it was Ira Glass, that said something about just writing every day. And it was this idea that your art is not good at first if you, you have to do it a lot. You know, you have to like deliberately yeah. do it in order for it to improve because a lot of it's going to be crap, you know. So in 2012, I just, I think it was like a week before 2012, I was in, during the holidays and I said, you know, I'm going to do that as soon as as soon as the year starts, I'm just going to each week, I'm going to have a song. It was amazing. I mean, the things that came out of me during that year, there was a lot of turmoil in my life, personal life as well during that year. And so it was very cathartic to put all those things into song. And and um, after that, in 2013, I, I didn't write every week like I had before. And I was really nervous about it, thinking like, there's maybe there's nothing left. <laughs> oh. <laughs> maybe I got it all out. And, you know, I had one or two, maybe three, I think I got up to like four songs for that entire year. So when um, I was invited to be a part of a song a week group by some songwriters in Austin, I thought, I need to do this. Because 
I need to get back that feeling of being creative all the time. And I need the extra pressure of having other songwriters egging you on or, you know, showing you what they can do. And they joke about it being a little bit competitive, but it's, it's a good competition. It's not like you're better than me or I'm better than you. You know, everybody's bar has been raised a little higher being a part of that group. Yeah. What do you learn from doing a song every week? Well, one of the main things you learn is that it, that it takes effort <laughs> to write a good song. I think we have a tendency sometimes as indie artists to look at mainstream artists and go, why do they get all this credit? You know? yeah. <laughs> and the thing I think that I've learned to appreciate is that the amount of effort that they put into it, the amount of intention. I'm going to write a song about this subject about this feeling and I'm going to write it in this way and it's not accidental they it's very much purposeful when they do that and and I'm not saying that because I'm doing that I'm going to have hit songs all of a sudden that's not it at all it's that putting that intention behind it just I've noticed it in my work it just makes for a better song what did you do if you felt like you were having writer's block you get scared <laughs> because you think, oh my gosh, I'm not going to have anything. What's good about this particular project is they give you the prompt. So you kind of have to write about, you know, somebody throws something out there. And so you've got something to base your inspiration on. So you're not just sort of flailing about whatever. Versus, you know, like when I did it on my own, I had to come up with something. Lucky for me, there was a lot of turmoil in my life. So I had plenty of fodder for that. But um <laughs> If you have writer's block, then I say give yourself a parameter. Say, I'm going to write a three-minute song. It's going to be verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, or, you know, pick anything. And it's going to be about this. Or, you know, pick any parameters. Like, it's going to be in this key, or it's going to be this tuning, or it's going to be a love song, or a waltz, or a, you know, whatever. doesn't mean that those things can't change. Like, I, I remember feeling stuck and setting all these boundaries for myself, and then I got halfway in it that went, no, I don't think it should do that. You know, I wanted to do this. But by then, you've been inspired. Mm-hmm. There used to be times where I would just go, okay, I'm stuck. I don't know what to write about, so I'm not going to write for a really long time. Or I'm going to go out and do other things and wait for inspiration to strike. That's great, too, because a lot of times when I take the focus off of it and I'm struggling with an idea going for a run or washing dishes will completely loosen that up and it'll come out naturally. Other times you can get in this thing where you just put it off and then you just, you don't go back to it. And I think just the parameter of having each week, I have to do one, it has to be done by Sunday night, pushes you back into that. Yeah. Could you explain the backstory behind one of your songs? Like, the beginning of the end. I like that one. Oh, yeah. That one meant a lot to me. So what happened was my producer slash guitarist, uh, Jake, was using my guitar and he changed the tuning to an open tuning. And then I forgot about it. And then so when I went to go pick up my guitar, I was like, what is wrong with my fingers? Nothing sounds right. But I loved the way it sounded. And then I realized it's an open tuning. And I had never written an open tuning, and I was kind of like, I love this kind of haunting, melancholy sound. It was long ago, but everything looks better in a song. 
glow Filtering through all the things we now know Looking at the love that we win I have a son who's nearly a teenager and I was feeling like we needed to talk about relationships and things. So we'd gone for a long walk and we were talking about just relationships and the nature of them and where they go. And, and one of the things I remember wanting to get across to him was, was this idea that not every relationship is the relationship. You know, that I'd had a boyfriend in high school that I thought I was going to marry. And that didn't work out. And it crushed me. And I didn't know then that some relationships aren't meant to last forever. They're meant to just be a process of learning. And the saying goodbye part is the part that is the most important in those relationships, being able to say goodbye. And so I, went, I knew then that I wanted the song to be about that. Oh, they seem strange. All the things we wanted to but can't change. Desperate for a world we wouldn't reclaim For all the things we'll never feel again Oh, but it felt right Not always, but forgiveness comes with hindsight So I hope you will remember me in soft light I gather that you write mostly from personal experience. Yeah. How do you go about taking an experience from the past and then making it into a song? I have to get in touch with what I was feeling at the time. I wrote a song for my first solo album called Surface that was written about my son and when I was expecting him and we got tests back saying that something was terribly wrong with him and that there were possible, you know, multiple birth defects and we were terrified. And I couldn't write about that experience until almost a year later when another friend had the same experience and all of a sudden all those feelings that I'd had before came spilling out into a song. Somebody has to surface Come from under your skin Somebody has to bear down For his life to begin May he strengthen on his way Let him know if he could stay I want to meet him And by the way, my, my son, it turned out to be all false and my son was fine, but having to see somebody else go through it just kind of threw me back into that experience and I was able to just get it out. I had this one song called um, If You Don't Feel a Thing and my friend was going through a divorce and I thought I was writing it about her relationship and it wasn't. It was about something I had gone through in my relationship years before, you know, and so to me that's just, it always, it's a connection with something it's, it's an empathy. Even if I'm writing about somebody else, it's still my own personal experience because it's seen through my own emotions and what I've gone through and what I can connect with. Every little 
little bit of me is thinking that we ought to be a little more down the road. And every little bit of you is screaming that you mean it. You need me more. Have any advice for songwriters who are maybe feeling self-conscious about writing very personal songs? Uh, yeah. I mean, don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, but I totally, I did, I, I know because for years, I, I mean, I even had a song that talked about it. The name of the song is In Code, and it was about this way that I would write about personal stuff, but I'd sort of put it in code in the song it was like putting little secretive things in there that were just for me and just sort of little digs at people that made me mad or little things that had really hurt my feelings and some of those things connect with people on some level but it's far more powerful when you can just out in the open spill it and be honest like the music I connect with the most is blatantly and brutally honest good or bad And I think that goes for a lot of people. When you hear artists that you may not even agree with, but they say something really honest. Um, I always talk about Eminem in that example because I, I don't listen to any kind of rap. But whenever I hear Eminem, I'm like, oh, I love it. I love it. Because he's, even if I'm not, I can't necessarily identify with what his life has been like, I can identify with the feeling and the honesty that he's putting out there. And you can't really identify with somebody who's being, you know, veiled and false because it's, you have to guess too much about, like, what do they mean by that? Oh, I don't know. It's just a good beat. Let's just go with that. But when you're talking about words and lyrics, it's all about being completely honest. So being self-conscious is the thing that is going to limit you in that. I understand it, though, because we have relationships and we have families and we have people that some of these words might hurt, you know? <laughs> and that is intimidating. And I'm not saying, yeah, go ahead and hurt everybody's feelings. You know, there's a balance, I think, that you have to learn. But as an artist, what you really need to get to is towards the authentic. My way of doing that was learning how to be more honest in my personal life. If I was going to be honest in my music, I had to be honest in my personal life because people were going to get to know me because I was going to put the truth out there of who I was and how I thought. And I couldn't be two different people. So, I mean, it sort of pushed me to be more honest, both on a personal and creative level. Yeah. One of the other songs you did recently for your Song Week project that I liked is The Only Sound Now. Yeah. Could you talk a little bit about that one? Well, the prompt was the loud silence. And um, the first thing that came to mind was that, you know, like when you're arguing with somebody and then somebody just, just decides to like not speak and they're, you're just stuck with that silence and it just, it's huge. But I didn't want it to be like that because it's too easy to go to the cold shoulder sort of thing. And, and all I could think of was I hate how, you know, when I'm in an argument with my, with my husband, you know, and, and I stop talking, that it's just sort of this cheap shot. 
like you just want me to guess or you know that's sort of, I didn't want it to be anything like that and the closest thing I could come to was um, a falling out I had with some friends and how I had to sort of get over not resolving that how sometimes when that happens there isn't a resolution or there isn't the final okay let's talk and get through this so the whole song was about me getting to a point where I had so much I wanted to say and that I just had to make peace without saying it. And that, that's what the whole song is about, just this idea that, that it's okay for things to be silent sometimes because people have their own way of dealing with things. Defend my honor, justify, prove you wrong, prove me right. And I don't want to waste the strength to be so proud. So let the loud silence be the only sound now. I noticed on your blog that you use CD Baby. And I guess it's probably a basic thing that most songwriters know about. But I don't know. Maybe you could explain that and how that works. Yeah, there's a number of of different companies that will put your songs out and distribute your CDs for you. TuneCore and CD Baby, and and there's a number of other ones as well if you're an indie artist. I started with CD Baby because they were really the first ones that I knew of that I trusted. And they, you know, you pay a fee and they put your music up on their website and then they send it off to all the digital distributors. You know, everyone you think you want to be on, the iTunes and uh, Spotify and Pandora and all that other stuff. And then I fell in love with Bandcamp because they had, you know, just all sorts of files with that. And so when people downloaded, they, you know, had this option to have the little lyric scrolling on their down. I mean, they're just all these little new features and I, and I love that. So I've sort of experimented with a lot of different distributors in that way and sort of settled with. I like having my stuff on CD Baby where I can see and control where my music is going. And I like having it on Bandcamp because I know that people who are audiophiles and, and want to have something, you know, the option to get a better quality file can get that. And if anything, I I do like buying stuff from Bandcamp. Yeah. Just because it seems a little bit more personal. Yeah. Like if someone does buy it from you, then you see that in an email and it's kind of cool because, yeah, it's a more direct thing. Yeah, yeah. And I love the little cha-ching that... <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> it's a cha-ching every time. <laughs> that cracks me up. I love it. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you picture as your future doing music? I really, I'm, I, you know, I hope to be licensed. That's the big thing. I would, I just would like the music that I have out there to get picked up somewhere. I see myself personally. I'd like to get to a point where the shows that I do are very deliberate, and it's a lot of times working musicians, you know what we have to do to get by is to just play all the time, everywhere, anywhere, in any little place that you can do, which is great. I did that for years and years. But we a lot of times call that wallpaper music because you're there and it's beautiful and it's wonderful and it's warm, but you're not really sure anybody's listening. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and, you know, I have a dream (laughs) to, uh, to have a listening room. Because where I'm situated in San Antonio, Texas, we don't have really, we don't have listening rooms. Hmm. We've tried to before. 
And we have some house concerts, which are great listening rooms. But to have like a real venue that is a listening room, and that to me would be something that I would want to be a part of and to create. One last song that would be great to hear you talk a little bit about how it came about is Everyone Gets Lonely. Yeah. I used to have really severe anxiety. I mean, I still do. But uh, at the time that that was written, I had this problem where I would wake up in the middle of the night with panic attacks and couldn't get back to sleep. And I was really feeling very isolated. And I didn't feel like anybody around me could identify with what I was going through. And I didn't know where it was coming from. And sort of a, you know, scary thing. And there were a number of songs I wrote during the middle of the night. And that was one of them. To me, there was always this um, higher voice uh, that was just sort of say, like, everybody's in the same situation. We all get lonely. And this voice is just saying, you know, wherever you are, even if you can only take a little step, turn towards me because I'm going to show you the direction to go. And people have approached me after house concerts and singing that song about how they believe it's about God. And I can say, you know, in my own spiritual beliefs, I can say the same thing. I mean, but it doesn't have to be put in those terms. There is something that if you open your mind to it will pull you in, in that direction if you allow it to, if you have a, a faith in something larger than yourself. That's kind of where that song came from, is this voice saying, even if you can't do it very quickly, even if it's painfully slow, turn towards me because I will get you through this. like my music's like a soundtrack I've always had a soundtrack in my head to my life and I want my music to be that for somebody it's not your traditional storyteller music because I know a lot of great folk artists that are amazing storytellers in that way this is more of the atmosphere this is more of the the song that's behind the scenes and all of a sudden the words are connected and connecting you to what you're seeing have you toyed around with writing music specifically for a film or anything? I've had a couple of songs that I've, I've written that have been used in film. And a couple of songs, actually, that have been commissioned for certain projects. That was a neat experience. Because, like I said, that's like giving you a prompt. And I love that experience of somebody saying, here's what we want you to write about, but you have free reign to write about it how you're going to write, you know. Um... Neil Finn from Crowded House, he's like one of my idols. And my mind was blown when The Hobbit comes out and the song, you know, the ending credit song is Neil Finn's Lonely Mountain. You know, that he wrote, clearly he wrote it for oh. that because it's about that, exactly. And I was just floored. I was like, that's it. That's the experience I want. You know, or like so. when The Professional, when Sting's song over the end credits... Shape of My Heart, this song. I mean, that experience of just like, oh, that song puts it all together. It pulls it all together and it 
gets right to your heart because you're like, you've experienced this visual and all this, these things happening and the story being told and then a song about it. Holy crap. You know? <laughs> <laughs> because that's what happens in my life. You know, I've experienced all this stuff and now the feeling of what you just went through comes out in a song and it touches you like nothing else can, you know? That's funny. I actually have the exact opposite reaction to ending credit songs. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's for some reason, there's just never been an ending credit song that wasn't like slightly disappointing to me. I don't know. Okay, Maybe well, it's... I'm going to say this, that I've, I've had that experience too because I've seen, oh, hey, here's an artist with a new album and they have this new single and then it's the ending credits and you're just like, that doesn't go with the movie. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know that they're just that's just a marketing thing. You know, that makes me angry. <laughs> but it, I think the first time I remember it being this like experience where I was just like I stood up and I was like, oh, my gosh, was that the professional and Sting? Because I'm a huge Sting fan and it was a song I already loved of his. And then it fit so perfectly with the movie. I guess it works more for me with like. Like. The movie Ghostbusters. I don't know. I like the end of that because it's just this funny movie yeah. to begin with. But <laughs> and the song was written for I, it, so you know. So, yeah, I don't know if it's a dramatic movie. I feel like I just want silence afterwards or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't but know. I don't know. Maybe yeah, I'm just we're weird. gonna have to agree to disagree. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, Laura, it's been a pleasure talking with you. On it's the podcast. Been lovely. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Composer Quest with Laura Marie. For more of her music, you can go to lauramariemusic.com. And I also have links to all the songs you heard in this episode on the show notes at composerquest.com slash Laura. Good luck to you if you're writing a song for your Valentine. Let me know how that goes. Charlie at composerquest.com. Now I'll leave you with more of Laura's song, Everyone Gets Lonely. It's been a long, 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 long road Since anyone decided But we love, love, love the provided And while some may drift apart And others crash like waves We cannot hold the tide And keep each other safe Alert Awake alive Lying here beneath Between Beside What's wrong and what is right Before our eyes Are open Do they even see All adrift at sea And everyone gets lonely
What's wrong and what is right before 